And welcome back to Bar Down Breakdown. I'm your host, Mikey Ryan, live from the Hive. Joined by my best friend and very special guest, Tommy V, from the land of Disney. What's up, buddy? Did that that intentionally rhyme? Or, like, did that just come out of your mouth and, like, it it was just perfect? Dude, you know I got flow. (laughs) Just kidding, I have no flow, no rhythm, no skills, really. I don't know, man. It just it like it happened. I don't know if it was like you purposefully rhymed V with Disney, but it sounded good, and I appreciate the effort. If there was <laughs> any effort, there's usually no effort. But <laughs> what else can I say? From the swamp. Yeah, well, I mean, cause that's really where where I am. It's just like from the from the nation's dangling participle. It's Florida Tom sitting around. <laughs> sweating all the time that yours yeah. sounds way better so <laughs> swamp as in swamp ass tom yeah big time <laughs> every day so what's going on tom nothing man um you know just uh beginning of the year all the all that you know fun new beginnings i'm still writing you know 2019 on everything still typing 2019 on everything i was and you got all no- the bozos coming up to you like hey happy new year oh gosh at man. work oh it's it's like one of those things where um i've already gotten chastised for like writing 2019 on like half the notes i've made so they're like bro oh, you gotta remember it's 2020 and then they start talking about vision and hindsight and all these little cliches and i'm just like it's just another year on this earth it's another year for me to be sweating all the time, so that's that's where I'm at, you know? Amen, dude. Yeah, <laughs> today was actually my first day with the students of the Ugh. new year, and uh, it was actually pretty good. I was okay. expecting a, a dumpster fire, but they were pretty under control, so can't really complain there. Yeah, your first day back, you can't really put on, like, Kindergarten Cop or, like, Braveheart. I, don't, I mean, you would never be able to put on Braveheart, but you definitely wouldn't be able to put on Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> There's very little you could put on these days. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, man. Like, that used to be, like, the I thing. Had, I had to send home a permission slip for a kid for kids to watch a PG movie for a book we just finished. What? Yeah, man. That's really the way things are, huh, man? That's, that's oh, crazy. Yeah, it is, but... I mean, like, can, can kids watch, still watch, like, is the miracle of life still a thing in like seventh grade health class? Because I that was pretty I hope intense. not because that was that scarred me. Yeah, like, that was pretty, that was rough. You do remember my bachelor party, right? Where my my one friend who's a health teacher actually made us sit down and watch that. Yeah, of course. Because why wouldn't he? Yeah, awful. But really awful. Yeah. What's not awful is the guest that we have tonight. And uh, before we get to our guest. There's been uh, some happenings going around in the league. Um, January, for me, always starts with the Winter Classic, but always ends with that kind of miserable break that we have Yeah. for the NHL All-Star Game. And this year, the Islanders' break is like two weeks long. So it's going to be a long stretch of no hockey after the All-Star Game. So yeah. I'm hoping that it at least holds my attention because all-star games in all of sports can be a little tough and I get super excited for them. 
and then just very disappointed every single time. I mean, I to be honest, man, I haven't watched an NHL All-Star game in a while just because, um, like, I didn't really love, like, when they were doing the whole the captain thing. And, like, I wasn't really super into that. And I remember, like, the last, like, East-West game I watched, I think it was, like, the score was, like, 16 to 13 or something. And I'm just like, what's the point? You know, like, I, like I, and I get it. Like, it's really mostly for, like, you know all these hockey players to kind of blow off some steam and like get to like kind of hang and be themselves for a little bit and just like kind of, kind of joke around. But like, I don't know, man, like, you know, just watching it just wasn't, wasn't really capturing my attention, but uh, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll give it a shot this year just to, you know, see if I can get back into it. But uh, the past couple of years, it wasn't doing it for me. Yeah. You know, since they switched over to the three on three, it's been a little more entertaining. Okay, but it's not like three on three where it's fa- fast pace in you know like the regular season where there's a lot yeah. of line and like mm-hmm. that's been great for the game. I wish that yeah that would be sudden death instead of them going into the shootout after the five minutes. Like yeah, imagine it was just like sudden death three on three and it could go for like forever. <laughs> yeah, I that mean, would be I- just intense. And I mean, maybe what the NHL needs to do is kind of like what, um, who does it? Is it, I forget which sport does it. Maybe it was the MLB or someone did it where like winning, like gave you an advantage. Like, I don't remember who did it or when baseball, was it baseball? Yeah. Or like something happens where like, if you like, you know, win the, you know, in the all-star game, like you get like an advantage in the postseason or something just to keep it more kind of more energetic but like i said i also get why you know the all-star break is really a break you know for these guys that have been running roughshod all all year and, you know it gives them a break to you know be with their families but to also you know just like blow off steam and clown around and they're really doing it for you know us the fans so i guess i kind of see both sides of it but it just doesn't intrigue me as much as it used to yeah and you know i did like the one year when john scott good got voted in that was super cool, yeah. And I forget what year that was, but that was like just a prime example of like the the fans just like completely taken over. And I thought that was super cool. Yeah, I and then like for him to to put a few goals in and then win the the MVP was just it was awesome. And I I feel like that had definitely added a few more years onto his like career and like him yeah. being relevant because then he wrote like a book. I even heard that they were <laughs> going to make like a movie about that. And that's wild. He has like a podcast. Like he was a fourth line goon that was yeah. basically rotten away in the AHL. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, they, uh, that, that definitely, uh, is the highlight of his career. If I had to guess. Yeah. I mean, like everyone loves feel good stories, you know, like, you know, road to redemption kind of stories and coming back from injuries and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, like when you see like a guy that, you know, has been like pretty much right on the precipice of like not having a career anymore, all of a sudden, you know, he gets put in the limelight and starts to flourish again. Like you you love that kind of stuff. You know, it's like, um, for me, it's like, you know, like being a big football fan, you know, seeing like Jason Witten come back, like granted, like, you know, the Cowboys had a terrible season, but you know, it's like, you know, whenever someone comes back from retirement just because they can't leave the game because it's in their blood, it's just, like, super cool to see. Yeah, unfortunately, 
most times don't end with them on top, and you kind of wish that they just called it quits when they did. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's like, uh, I guess it's like Michael Jordan, right? I mean, like, he had that storied career with the Bulls, and then what did he do? He came back and was... He, um, like, played baseball, and then came back. Yeah, it's just like... Sometimes you hate to see it. Like, sometimes you just, you know, you wish careers would end where they're directed to end where they're supposed to end, you know, and then, you know, like Brett Favre even like, you know, guy was a lifelong Packer and somehow he ends up, uh, you know, in purple as a Viking and he's a jet. And it's just like, dude, like hang it up, man. Yeah. I think he was going for a little more though. Right. Or did he already have all the records and everything? I, I can't keep track. I don't know. And, and like all the stuff with him too, was just like a, a media circus frenzy was just like, is he or isn't he? Is like, oh, Brett Favre's coming back again. And it was just like, you know, during that time of year where like sports coverage is so light that they just kept like sensationalizing, like, will Brett Favre come back? And it was just, I don't know. You just like, I guess sometimes you hate to see it, but like, I guess in the NHL, you, you don't mind seeing it because for the NHL, I mean, it usually isn't for like whatever cash grab or whatever it is. It's just like guys that, you know, love playing hockey, want to play some more hockey. So I'll take it. Yeah, and, you know, with the All-Star game, you do have a few names that aren't participating. So, like, you know, Alex Ovechkin, one of the league superstars, has come out and said, yeah, I'm not going to participate in that. So, like, as a fan, you feel like you're being snubbed, especially if you are, like, living in St. Louis and planned on going to the All-Star game. You know, you expect to see the, the cream of the crop. But then you got some superstars sitting out, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens more often, unless like the league steps in and really comes down hard on these these guys. But you know, like you said, some of these guys in January, their bodies are falling apart. And, yeah, of course. And these two weeks would be huge on them, especially if they plan on making a a, a deep playoff run. Yeah, and you know where the Capitals are sitting right now, Ovechkin's thinking, all right, well, I have a chance at winning the Stanley Cup. Like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> remember how much fun he had last time? Like, that's that's what he wants. So Yeah, and, I, you know, you wonder, you know, if, like, <clears throat> major sports are even going to make a push towards, like, getting rid of all-star games, like, in, in general. Like, I mean, maybe you know, as we move forward and as we realize, you know, how important it is for, you know, mental health and physical health to actually get a break from this kind of stuff. Um, you know, maybe some organizations will say, you know what, like we'll do something, you know, a little smaller on a smaller scale with like less players. I mean, I know it's, it makes so much money for all the leagues except the pro bowl. I think they said the pro bowl in the NFL is just like, like less and less people watch it every year. But it's just like, you know, at a certain point, it, it probably means more to the to the league in general to keep, you know, their stars healthy so that, you know, come time for playoff push and all that stuff, you know, you get what everyone wants to see, which are these big matchups with the marquee players. So who knows? Who knows where it goes? Well, that, that was like the whole reason why they didn't let their superstars play in the last Olympics. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, we need to pr- protect their safety. Yeah. Well. They could be getting hurt just as easy in this nonsense three-on-three all-star game. Absolutely. Like, I don't fault Ovechkin. Um, 
However, you know, if I was going to the game, I'd be a little bummed <clears throat> because he's a personality and he's yep. he's good for the game. Mm-hmm. But I'll still watch it just because I know that I have like two weeks of no hockey after it. <laughs> sure, and, of course. And to be honest, you know, Matt Barzell got voted in and him playing three on three hockey is just <laughs> is just what I fantasize about because it's just so silky smooth and I know it's yeah, what, it really is like guys like that that's where they shine so it'll be fun to watch and then uh you know there's still a few guys that have a chance to get voted in so we'll see how that plays out mm-hmm. but apparently the winter classics um like numbers came out on like how many people watched it. Okay. And it was pretty low for NHL um Winter Classics. However, what I saw was that like of the top 10 markets that watched it, mm-hmm. more than half of them were in southern states. Interesting. Yeah, so like Buffalo I think came in as number 1, like Yeah, that makes they're sense. just yeah. crazy in Buffalo. Yeah. I love them. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there was, like, Greenville, South Carolina, I think, was on the list. And just, like, a bunch of southern cities, which is cool for the game. And uh, hopefully the league takes notice of that and starts putting some more AHL uh, franchises down Mm -hmm. here. Because, you know, for example, in Orlando, you have uh, the, the Solar Bears. Solar Bears, yeah. Like... They got a pretty sweet jersey. They got a, a nice arena. Yeah, they do. It'd be, yeah. it'd be cool to make an AHL team in the state of Florida, mm-hmm. especially with there being two NHL franchises in Florida and yeah. like um the Tampa Bay Lightning, their farm teams in Syracuse, New York. Yeah, it just like, you know, even from the standpoint, and I never understood that, like geographically, like even from the standpoint of like, having to ship players back and forth, like, wouldn't you want your, like, affiliate team to be at least closer to you? I mean, like, you know, if, you know, something happens in a game and then you got a, you know, a game tomorrow, like, you're, you know, you're pulling some up from the AHL, you're asking some guy to get on a plane from Syracuse Which all the way to Tampa. Which is a tiny airport. Yeah. And there's and tons like you, of snow. So, like, the chances of him actually getting there before the game are yeah. pretty slim. And I, I, w- I wonder if that's something that, like, the NHL is going to look at eventually and maybe try to restructure things or if it's uh, just something that, like, isn't on their radar. But um, the, another kind of interesting thing about the Winter Classics, just doing a little bit of research about it, um, it was the the second most attended game in the history of the NHL. I think they said uh, it sold out uh, at the Cotton Bowl. And I think the Cotton Bowl holds, like, 85,000 people. Oh, no. And, like... A lot of national media has come out and said that, like, that was one of their favorite winter classics. Like, the whole game day experience and all the pregame stuff and just all of it was top-notch. And, you know, like I said, yeah, like, Canada wasn't into it, but are we Mm -hmm. really worried about spreading the game of hockey in Canada? Like, everyone already likes it. Not necessary, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Exactly. So, I mean, but I, I, you know, I hope they... uh... You know, they keep doing it. You know, I, I like the, you know, the outdoor games. I like the, just the atmosphere. And um, I just like the pomp and circumstance around it because, you know, like it gives hockey finally like 
a moment to shine because like because you know how it is with hockey like you know the NBA and the NHL essentially run right next to one another they run parallel and the NBA just gets all of the coverage you know so it sucks it's it's you know it sucks for hockey sometimes because it's it, again it's the redheaded stepchild we've said that many times but you know it just kind of is what it is but you know having numbers where it's like the second most attended is just going to keep the NHL doing it so you know, kudos mm-hmm. to the city of Dallas and Nashville for selling it out and just making it uh, an awesome experience. Yeah, definitely. So, you so, know, yeah, let's let's go right into our interview. So we uh, had just a, an absolute gem of a guest who grew up in New Jersey. So unlike our, our boy, uh Brad Rogers, who grew up in Jersey and was a Flyers fan, our guest grew up in Jersey and actually rooted for the correct team. And uh, <laughs> you know things haven't been going so great for the Devils, but they're they're turning it around with uh, some of the the accusation accusations they made and not accusations. <laughs> no, yeah, I know accusations. Yeah. yeah, and uh, they. Uh, got rid of Taylor Hole and they they've just totally turned things around under their new uh leadership and whatnot. And uh we're talking about Jason from Belmont. So Tom, lead us in, dude. Yeah, so um we had a you know a really, really awesome time uh chatting with with uh Jason and Guagiato and uh you know we, we talk about a lot of different things from what's on the horizon for Belmont coming up. Uh you know we talked about his fandom and uh you know, uh, I'm pretty sure we touched on Scott Stevens a bunch because how do you talk about the Devils without talking about Scott Stevens? And uh, uh, but this interview is awesome. Um, you know, you, you'll get to know Jason, and uh, you know, you get to know what makes him you know love this game so much, like we do. And uh, and we're talking Belmont, and uh, you know how good their self-titled record was, and and what's on the horizon for them, and uh, you know what they're doing soon. So you know, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Uh, Three dopes talking about some hockey and music. All right. Enjoy. Mr. Jason Inguagiato from uh, from from Belmont, and um, we're super psyched to have you on, man. What's going on? What's up? How are you guys doing? 
Dude, Tom, perfect pronunciation, must say. That that hey, last name was giving it. me anxiety, so I was like, Tom, you got to do it, man. It's fun, first you know, to, to get to. Dude, it's fun to do that intro. It's the first time I've gotten to to do that that little like, and we're back sign on. So like, I feel like I'm like officially part of the crew. It's it's fantastic. Good shit. So Jason, what's going on, man? Big big uh, big year for Belmont, hey? Yeah, dude, it's been crazy. It's been insane. Uh, started off the year. Uh, with a tour with Amity Affliction and Census Fail and Silent Planet. And those like, that was insane. Like, that was just a crazy way to start the year. Uh, so when was that? Because it's only January 2nd. So was that yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a one-day tour. It was pretty, pretty crazy. <laughs> Cloned ourselves a few times. <laughs> yeah, it's um, weird. 2020, man. Speaking of speaking of census fail, I don't know if any of you guys had the opportunity to listen. They, uh, I think it was last year at some point they re-released, um, uh, what is it, from depths into dreams or you know the first EP that they put out and they completely like re-recorded it. Oh shit! Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys got a chance to listen to it. It's uh, it's really a blast from the past. It's like not very much different than the original EP. Um, I mean that's probably the stuff that me and Mikey got like most accustomed to them on, you know, like one eight seven and all that stuff. And they went and re-recorded it and uh, it just sounds better, but it sounds like the same. So, you know how, like you kind of listen to stuff from like 15 years ago and you're like, man, like I was really super into that 15 years ago, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no yeah, slide I mean, against the... census fail. No, not at all. But it's just one of those things where it's like, man, I don't, I don't know. I was in a I was in a whole different mind mindscape when I was sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It feels like a different lifetime sometimes. Sure does. Dude, I, so I agree. Yeah. Let, let's let's really dive into this Belmont stuff because Belmont is uh is killing it right now. And you ended two thousand nineteen announcing that you guys signed with Pure Noise Records. So how's that marriage going so far? That's been great, man. Uh, they've been super cool because pretty much what we've been doing is, so we just did Europe. Uh, Europe was fucking amazing. But we got back and we've started just recording new music. And that's pretty much been the extent of our relationship with Pure Noise so far. They've kind of just been like supporting us with our new music, giving us feedback and stuff. They've been super chill, like super lax and I don't know, all good people, you know? So, so for that, everyone that, that first uh, oh. sing, sing, single that you guys put out though was through Pure Noise, right? Yes, that was our like first single dropping with Pure Noise. Awesome, good stuff. So yeah, what I was gonna say is for um, for everyone that you know really listened to the hell out of the self titled record, which you know I, I know everyone did because you know Spotify's got you guys in like what was it like <laughs> hundred thousands and stuff. So people are jamming on it hard, but. Uh, for um, you know, it's for crazy man. For the listeners, I mean, isn't it crazy? I mean, like you just like you remember when you first putting out music and you could barely get people to listen to like your your pure volume, and then all of a sudden it's just like you look on Spotify one day and you've got millions of plays. But that's awesome. That really is awesome for you guys. But for uh, for everyone that you know is accustomed to the self titled record and and really got to love the self titled record, as far as your writing process, you know wh- what what are we looking at for for the new record and what you're writing? How is it gonna you know, differ from the self-titled record? Is it going to have some of that same kind of feel or is it going to, 
kind of be a little bit more open? Like, what would you say? Um, to be honest, I would love if it had that certain kind of feel because I feel like that album definitely did have like a vibe to it. Uh, but we're definitely just trying to be a little bit more evolved. Like okay. right now, we're not totally we're not in writing mode for the album yet. We're doing like yeah. a a uh, question mark amount of song CD or like an EP. I don't know if I'm supposed to say. But we're doing <laughs> a few songs for an EP that we're going to be releasing sometime soon this year. Okay. Uh, and the writing process for that has been pretty pretty awesome. Uh, the way I got kind of into the band was I was the producer of the, the LP, actually. Oh, and, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was like... So I, I was working at a studio and they were like the first band I ever brought into that studio, which was crazy. Like I was not expecting it to turn into this three year long. Now I'm in the band and like touring and doing other shit, but I started out as an engineer. So now we're like, it's kind of back full circle. I've been recording a few songs with them and it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Awesome. So you, you produced uh, the LP that was on the self-titled one on Mutant League, right? Yes. Now, did you did you have a hand in, in writing for that record, or or was that like they came in with songs and you just kind of fleshed them out? And as you're fleshing them out, they're like, "Man, this this dude's good. Let's let's recruit him." It was a little bit of both. It okay. was kind of like when they showed up, they had a bunch of songs already written, but they kind of went in. We were actually on two completely different set of pages when oh, they wow. came in. They were just imagining to like have some demo demos written out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I was going in with the mindset of like, let's fucking make an album. Like, if we're here, we got Sweet. two weeks yeah, in a studio. Like, let's just record everything. Definitely. So I guess they loved that, like that drive, because I was really kind of kicking everybody's ass. And uh, yeah, I was I was definitely writing with them for a good chunk of the songs. One of them was actually a demo I had written on my own that we fully fleshed out into a song. It was oh, kind of awesome. just so. It was so seamless. Like we were, we all just kind of had the same brain when we were working. So it was like, this just kind of makes sense. Yeah, and that makes everything so much easier when, when, uh, when you can kind of get in there and everything starts to gel and flow. Because I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever had those, you know, like you've been producing or even if you've been writing and stuff, and um, you know, it kind of like you're at odds with with people and all of a sudden like this music that you're making that you love all of a sudden it becomes like a chore and you're like oh geez like you know here, here we go again the vocalist is yelling at me about something and it's just uh, uh it's such totally. a pain it's such a pain but yeah it's, but it's good to know that you guys got there with that that's uh that's really awesome yeah totally it all it all worked out man so was was that your first project right out of out of college i was actually still in college oh look uh, at that I had just met Brian at Berkeley, and I think I was a junior. I was about to be a junior. It was the summer going into that. I think I was 19 at the time, which is kind of ridiculous to think about. No, that, that's uh, awesome. So um, there, there's a few guys in the band that are from Berkeley as well? So it's just uh, me and Brian. I met him actually at Berkeley. He was living right next to me. So we just kind of hit it off. That's awesome. So Berkeley, those of you who don't know, is like a prestigious music school that's in like the Boston area, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So uh our buddy Brian from Envy on the Coast went to Berkeley as well. Uh not sure if he finished out, but uh always knew that Berkeley was no joke. And uh 
even some like huge top 40 artists have gone through that school, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Puth was actually at the same major as me and graduated a few years before. Look at that. He's a, he's a pretty interesting dude. I, I, I'm not sure if you watched that show Songland. No, I've heard a lot of good things about it though. Yeah. It's a pretty sweet show, but he was on there and you could tell that he's definitely a super talented dude. He's come back a few times and I was kind of pissed that I didn't go to his like talks or whatever. The seminars. Yeah, that's awesome. So were were you like a young kid in high school that was just super passionate about music and like that was a compromise you made with your parents? Like, I want to pursue music, but <laughs> I'm actually going to go to school for it. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like it was just I had nothing else that I was really into. I was like I was going to high school, just like going through the motions. I was listening to music all day, get home, play guitar all day. Eventually, I would start writing songs and like producing pretty much right when I got home from school, sometimes in school. It's just like my mind was always on music, you know. I didn't want to go to a school where I was just bullshitting, you know, just doing the same thing. I didn't want to keep going through the motions, basically. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like like my senior year of high school to a T. I mean, like when I wasn't in school, like I was at home, like listening to music or playing drums and um, I really got into uh, like I, I would write like full band songs in like using MIDI controllers and stuff. And like I wrote like, I don't know, probably something to the tune of like 400 songs over like a, a crazy amount of time. It's just like that's all I was interested in. So, um, you know, when I graduated high school, like, you know, all my guidance counselors and stuff, they were like, well, you, you're pretty into music. Maybe you should go to school for that. So I went to community school and then I went to a private school. And uh, I mean, like. And it's one of those things where, like, I wish I, I was kind of a little bit more practical with, with, you know, doing something that would have given me an edge up in terms of, like, making some real decent money. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, everyone has their own path, man. Like, I, and definitely, like, I, I don't regret it. You know, I met some of my best friends in music school, and I got to play incredible music. I mean, like, I played timpani next to, like, the main percussionist in, like, the Honolulu Symphony Orchestra. And, like, I just got <laughs> to, like, absorb stuff from him you know, like a sponge. And it was like, it was really super cool. Like I met like these like virtuoso, you know, like violin and cello players from like Russia and the Ukraine. And like, it was just a super duper cool experience. And I I wouldn't trade it for the world, but the only thing I would do is probably go back and maybe minor in it and then like do something stupid. Like, I don't know, like become like a CPA or something, something really like lame, but like, you know, at least I'd make like 40, 50 K a year. Yeah. Marketable (laughs) to the job market. Yeah, exactly. But, but I mean, yeah, Berkeley is no joke. I know, um, Francesca Cole from, uh, that band Maxi, I don't know if you're familiar with them, uh, are, are both from Berkeley as well. And, um, yeah. yeah. And they just like, I mean, just incredible musicians, you know, kind of like you guys are. So, I mean, like you could see how, you know, going to a music school or a conservatory, uh, you know, even if like you spend most of your time, you know, playing, you know, and, and learning the, the, the classics, you know, what was your, um, yeah. by the way, what was your, uh, like your main focus? Like your, your, in- did you have an instrument focus or was it like a um, composition focus or like what was your focus at Berkeley? Yeah. So you have to like, you have to audition with an instrument. Okay. And, uh, my thing was guitar, but I auditioned with a song that I had written. Okay. So I think it was kind of like, maybe they were into that idea as well. Cool. Uh, 
I told him I was like, you know, I was just going here because I really wanted to be a producer. I really wanted to learn the engineering and producing side of all that. Okay. But you can only apply for that major a year into it. And then I think you can only actually, no, I think it's like six months into it. You can apply for it. And then a month, uh, a year into it, you'll find out if you actually made it in. So it's like, it's kind of terrifying if you go to that school just for that major and then you don't get into that major after getting to the school and doing all yeah, that right. work. It's uh-huh. like, fuck, what did yeah, I just do? Exactly. And, it's like, and now, they're like, how am I going to pivot? Yeah. Exactly. They're like kicking your ass too the first year, like learning all your scales, like basically turning into turning you into like a crazy jazz musician, which was not my thing. No, nah, man, I, I hear that. You know, I've got a, one of my best friends. Um, he's uh, He's had quite... <laughs> So he went from going to culinary school to going to music school to going to law school. And now he's now he's a lawyer in uh, in New York City. But, um, you know, he kind of like one day he woke up and just had the bug and he was like, man, I love playing guitar. I think I'm going to go to school for it. <laughs> and he ended up going to school and being awesome at it. And then one day, you know, he like put down his Eastman after he was like running, you know, some jazz charts. And he was like, I want to be a lawyer. And then he went to school to be a lawyer and he kicked ass at that. I mean, if he's listening to this, which he might eventually be, I can call him out. Like my man, like doesn't remember how to tie his shoes sometimes, but he's uh, he's a kick-ass lawyer and he's a kick-ass dad. But uh, you know, I, I don't think yeah, I've ever seen amazing. him. I don't think I've ever seen him like without like, you know, with shoes tied, or like a phone that's charged. So, it, dude, know. that's like Sam, our our guitar player Sam. He's always <laughs> got like one shoe on, one shoe yep. half on. So he's like stumbling around. Crazy. Yeah, and and that's what he would tell this me. He would just be like, some he would just be like, yeah, I, I got more important things to worry about than my shoes being tied. And I'm like, okay, go for it. Whatever you say, buddy. <laughs> he's a badass lawyer too. Yeah, he, dude, he is. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jason, um, you know, you're a Jersey kid, going to Berkeley, but you're now in basically a, a Chicago band, right? Yeah. yeah. How, how's that panning out for you? Do they give you shit? Or are they a bunch of Hawks fans? No, honestly, they don't even really watch hockey. Oh, I'm kind of the that. only hockey guy. Isn't that crazy? That is kind of crazy because I know like the the sleep on it guys and like the the other uh, Chicago bands, big big uh, Blackhawks fans. Yeah, I feel like it's usually a big thing for Chicago people, but not them, I guess. I'm just the only hockey guy. All right, so did you? grow up playing hockey or just you know growing up in in the jersey area you you latched on to the devils at the right time yeah so my dad used to like work in sports he he worked for the nba for like 20 years or so and he was always just getting tickets to games around uh around that area and he took us to a devil's game when i was like maybe like four or five and that was like one of my first memories honestly just like they were like i think they were pretty far into the playoffs actually they might have won the cup that year too but i was just like enamored by the whole hockey thing and i never even played when i was a kid my dad was always like into soccer and and doing all that so i really wish i did play yeah i'm sure you played like street hockey and all that growing up in jersey though right yeah i wish i i played more honestly but i had a few friends that were that were into it we actually didn't even have a hockey team in my high school yeah, my high school didn't reason. either growing up on Long Island. Like, even though hockey's so big in the Northeast, like, in, unless you're in the Boston area, a lot of high schools don't have hockey teams. 
That's Did any of the Long Island high schools have hockey teams at all? A few. Um, like the, the Smith Towns and, and like St. Anthony's and the private schools, but not oh, many. so like like the really like the bigger towns had them, and let's just say like the the richer towns. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense too. Yeah, yeah, that's very fair. I was from a super small town, so I guess it doesn't even really make sense. Yeah, and, and you know, ice time's so expensive, and it's just even getting more expensive. You know, as the sport grows, so yeah, I could definitely yeah, see. Yeah, it seems it seems bigger now than it was back then. Yeah, I, I think. Definitely the game has grown, you know, with, with, you know, spectacles like the, the Winter Classic taking off and mm-hmm. these superstars like McDavid and Crosby and whatnot. They, they're definitely helping grow the game for sure. Definitely. So, yeah, those guys are actually, they're literally younger than I am. Yeah, Matthews so that, that was actually cool. my next question. Just so I can, like, kind of put your devil fandom into perspective. You're in, like, your late 20s? Early. Early 20s. Okay, so like... Uh, 22. Yes, just turned 22. Oh, damn. So like Scott Stevens and like those early Devils teams are probably out of reach for you, right? No, that was actually because I got in when I was super young. So that was like the first team I really remember. Like Marty, Scott Stevens, Scott Gomez, all those guys. Dude, I have such a funny Scott Gomez story. So... Boy, let me hear it. (laughs) So... I run like these Islander meetup groups all over the country and we went out to uh, Nashville for a game and Scott Gomez just took over uh, the Islanders power play. Like he, he went into coaching and okay. you know, Scott Gomez is probably one of the easiest hockey players to recognize because you know, his bald head and whatnot. And mm-hmm. uh, we're walking in like the, the Gulch area of Nashville and he's walking by with this like smoking hot blonde, and we're like Scotty Gomez, like shouting across the street, and he had like just like a look of embarrassment, like, oh dude, I can't believe they saw me with her. Like I don't know if he was supposed to be with her or whatever. And he kind of looked the other way, but kind of gave like a smirk, and we just yeah. let, him, let him go on his way because you know he he wasn't really like a that's hilarious historic Islander. <laughs> but hold on, the story gets better. So. Probably like six hours go by. We go to our Airbnb. We get showered, and you know, we we all decide to go out to a restaurant. And guess who's sitting at the bar? <laughs> like six hours later, freaking Scott Gomez. And we're like, fucking Scott Gomez. <laughs> like fuck. Like he's gonna think we followed him here. Like this is super embarrassing. So I felt like I had him like make a comment because he saw us all walk in. And I was like, mm-hmm. hey, hey, Scott, like, just want to say we're not following you. This is, like, really a coincidence. And <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm not Scott Gomez. And we're like, shit, oh, we're sorry. Like, and we left him alone. And we go to order our food, and he turns to us. And he goes, I'm fucking Scott Gomez. Like, look at me. Like, <laughs> I'm clearly Scott Gomez. Like, who, who's going to lie about that? And That's so funny. So we, we start, like, shooting the shit. And he's like, a sincere, awesome dude. Like, actually talking to me and my wife like we're normal people and we like after a half an hour goes by he goes hey uh i want to give you family passes tomorrow for the game that we're in town for he's like how many are in your group and i was like uh 35 (laughs) he's like well fuck you i'm not giving you 35 family passes he's like write down the name of four people and i'll get you family passes so i write my name my wife's name and then my best friend and his wife's name down on a 
fucking bar napkin. And I'm like, all right, nothing is going to happen with this. Like, he's pretty drunk right now. He's going to throw that napkin away. And, like, we're not going to get these family passes. So the next day, we, we go to the game. And we're walking. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just walk over to guest services and see if, like, Scott Gomez did the right thing. Let's, let's like, we don't have anything to lose. And sure enough, the, the lady goes back, like, oh, let me talk with my manager, see if there was any passage for you. And comes back with an envelope with my name on it, and sure enough, four family passes in there. Wow. Yeah, so. That's crazy. Scotty Gomez. Dude, Scott <laughs> Gomez is the man. He's a super nice guy. Definitely destroyed our power play, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. He's funny as hell, too. No, yeah, he, he had his, like, like I said, he had his cracking up, like, the whole, like, lying about being Scott Gomez and not being Scott Gomez is just. <laughs> so funny you just had a an episode on spitting chiclets i know i gotta listen to that i didn't get a chance to listen to it yet dude it's so funny yeah he's just like shooting the shit for like an hour like just stealing the show and he's freaking he's from like alaska yeah he's like he was one of the first really yeah i know that there's like a, a a small group of uh like uh nate thompson was from alaska but it's he was like the first, like you said. That's crazy, man. So that's awesome. I mean, what so we got that? What else? <laughs> what else is there to do in Alaska? Like realistically, like ice fish, like truck truck on an ice road, and I guess like play some hockey, right? I mean, I don't. Did they even have like Wi-Fi in Alaska? Like, does that exist? I mean, definitely not when he was growing up. Yeah, I don't even. <laughs> I mean, do they even have it now? Like, they might. I don't know, man. They might be like back in like the 90s like watching like tube televisions and like playing super nintendo <laughs> dude like the one person that might be from alaska listening to this podcast is just totally i'm sorry i'm so out. sorry i'm so yo speaking of uh of like old school video games so i know um so you guys had a track on like the re-release of mutant league football right yes it's so good. so like did you like did you play the game like like, like, did they give you like a copy of it? Like, how, how is like, what's it like to like hear like a song of of yours like in a video game? Like, what what is that like? Um, to be honest, I haven't played it. <laughs> I mean, it's super sick, super awesome that uh, it's there. I love that. But I think just post about it on Facebook and then kind of forgot about it. <laughs> I mean, I guess it kind of, I guess it kind of <laughs> ties in with terrible uh... of me to say. No, no, man, I, I get it, man. Like, it's, you know, it's not everyone's cup of tea. I mean, it's literally like an NFL Blitz game with monsters. I mean, at least that's what, like, the one for Sega Genesis was like back in, like, the mid-90s. Gotcha. Okay, so that's why I think I ended up not playing the re-release. Just because I'd never, never played the original before. So yeah. Like, I guess it wasn't, like, it would kind of just go over my head or... Yeah, I, I, I get whatever. you. But, I mean, I mean, I'm sure that's got to be super cool. Like, I know... um. Like in one of the first episodes, I know Mikey had talked to um, the singer of uh, Gatsby's American Dream, which was this like old band from Seattle that like he and I loved, and they were on, I think NHL 07 or something. Yeah, like um, 07 yeah. or 06. And I think like you would talk to him about it or something, right? And he was like, "Oh yeah, man, it was super super cool." Like talking about how like, like he doesn't really care about hockey, but he loves basketball or whatever he was doing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I remember you guys were uh, talking to Dougie from Bearings. You guys were mentioning those those soundtracks. 
No, yeah, so good, dude. They were so good, and it's just so funny how many kids might be fans of this music now because of that, like those soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, even and- the the Madden games, like the the NBA games, just EA had it down. I mean, like for me, I mean, obviously this is like completely different, but for me, it was all about those Tony Hawk soundtracks, man. I mean, yes. between Tony Hawk and Tony Hawk 2, like that, those soundtracks exposed me to like so much like punk rock. It was awesome. Like I had first like learned about Millen Colin. I first learned about like Lagwagon and like, like the Suicide Machines, like all these like punk bands literally just from like sitting there and like, you know, playing Tony Hawk 2 and trying to like, you know, do like a big rail and then just being like, oh, this song is awesome. So but and you don't like think about that kind of stuff because it's like such an ancillary part of what's going on. But it's like when you play the game so much, you hear these songs over and over and over again. And like now every time, like I, I got the chance to see Mill and Colin play at Fest and um, it's uh, it, it was just so awesome. Like in listening to that song, be like, oh, shit, that's awesome. That's amazing, dude. Sometimes yeah. it's just kind of like programmed in the back of your brain. You don't even remember like half these songs, but then you hear it and you're like, wait, I know this. Yeah, exactly, right? And then you end up kind of like falling in love with new music that's like 20 years old or something. Oh, and it's great. It 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 really is great. So, uh, I I, I'm I'm super excited about it, and I think they like even like released the soundtrack on vinyl or something, which is awesome. Oh, nice. That's amazing. Sweet. So, um, I mean, just to pivot it back to to hockey just a little bit more. So obviously, you know, being a Devils fan, you know, a lot of kind of tumultuous stuff has happened. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on the season so far? You know, Subban, obviously Taylor Hall going to the Coyotes, like kind of what's your, what's your take so far? I mean, it was pretty rough for a while. It still is kind of rough. Honestly, since they traded Taylor Hall and got a new, new coach, they're, they've been playing great. Uh, Still in last place, but (laughs) they've at least been playing they look hungry, you know? They look like they yeah. kind of want to turn their season around, which is really cool to see. Yeah, so you know, it was, uh, it was a... sorry, sorry, we had, we had uh, Pete Veronis on from uh, Keep Flying, who's also a Devils fan, and, like, we had him on early in the season, and, like, the hype was real about the Devils, man. Like, you really thought oh, yeah. with, like, Hughes and, and the, the off-season moves that they were going to be no joke, but you, you really weren't expecting this. <laughs> and then they were a joke. Yeah, you weren't yeah, expecting was... this. Not good. Yeah. So, but do you think they recover from this? <laughs> In this season, it's looking a little unlikely. Well, yeah, not this season, but like, you know, when you you go from having high expectations and then being the bottom dwellers all season, and you're trading away your superstar, like that. That's like signs of a rebuild all of a sudden, and it's like. I, I, you would imagine that the Devils don't want to go through another rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I feel like they just went through that rebuild. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> like, that sucks. So you hope that that's not what, what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that the, the team that they've got right now just kind of keeps it up and slowly gets more comfortable with each other. And then next season they've got, maybe they need to make one more trade or something, but. They're looking pretty good right now. I think if like if the season started right now, I think they'd have a good shot at like the playoffs. So and, I think that's kind of 
like a good sign for next year. And you think Snyder's gonna hold up? That's tough, man. He's been he's been struggling in the AHL. It's crazy. Mackenzie Blackwood's been our guy in net. Wow, and he's so been doing pretty how well. How long do you guys have Snyder locked up for? Because that was like a big, you know, accusation too. Yeah, honestly, I have no idea. Uh, he obviously like when when Brodeur left, he he was doing great. Uh, but for some reason, just like something happened, like some light switched, and then he just kind of was like really not good. They sent him down to the AHL. And where is the and AHL team shown. now? Like in Canada, right? Bellevue or something? So it used to it used to be in Albany. But oh, now yeah. it's I used in to a, go to those games all the time. Yeah, I mean Albany's awesome. Uh, well, it's in I wouldn't team. say I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> <laughs> just used to saying that kind of stuff. You're like, dude, love Detroit. Detroit's amazing. Yeah. And then we go there and it's like terrified that's kind of like that's kind of like what you have to say like when you're in like a like a band that tours all across the country like you'd be like yeah detroit like we're super stoked to like come to your city and like you get there and there's just like a bunch of cars on blocks and stuff and you're like oh sick this is awesome exactly exactly i think it's also like akin more to who you spend your time with in those cities true sometimes people just kind of know the right places to go and then That's you can true. have like, a blast in Detroit and think Detroit's the greatest city in the world. But then you like play the venue and you know it's in a really divey spot. Yeah, that's that's true, man. Like, it's every city's kind of shitty in its own way. <laughs> well, that I mean, when we went to that that spot in Albany, that was in like a dump, wasn't it, Mikey? Like when we went to uh, the was Clifton it Upstate Park? Concert Hall, yeah, Upstate Clifton Concert Park, Park, right? It's not oh, yeah. uh, Clifton Park's actually a really nice part of Albany. It's just like totally suburban and there's nothing else around there. But I mean like you I guys, remember driving through it. Did you guys go to that uh holiday show? No, we went to uh so my wife is from Albany, so I've actually spent a, a quite a bit of time in Albany. So uh gotcha. a few now it's like 10 years ago. Holy shit. But um, when Gatsby's American Dream was doing their like little uh, reunion, they played with Taking Back Sunday in Albany, and we all went to that show. Nice. Nice. Were they, was that with Coheed and Story? Nope. It was just, uh, I think it was just like only Gatsby and Taking Back Sunday. It was like a, a one-off date of Bamboozle. So remember like the uh... Bamboozle festivals in Jersey? yes yeah 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 Yeah. so it was was that show when was that show shit man like i want to say 2011 2012 at the latest oh got you so it was like way way back oh yeah yeah (laughs) sorry tom and i are kind of getting old at this point no you're good man i yeah i was fucking a little shithead in 2011 so (laughs) you you were probably in a better place (laughs) than i was I don't know about that. I mean, we we went with someone who literally like left the show without a shoe. So uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think we were that much better. So <laughs> that's all good, man. Nice. So um, I'm I'm guessing you have good experiences with Albany because of you know the state champs and all those guys putting Albany on the on the map. Yeah, yeah, and we're also like good buddies with YC. Okay, the, yeah, young we, culture. We just literally dropped an episode with their uh their touring drummer, Brad. Oh hell yeah. Yep. 
I uh, right. I, I actually don't know if I've met him yet. Yeah, I, I know he he did their like full U.S. tour with uh, Home Safe and Kayak Jones and uh, Keep Flying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, but That's also incredible. a hockey guy from Jersey. I feel like you guys oh, would yeah. hit it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But he actually, uh, I may have. I unfortunately, may have he's recently. a he's a Flyers fan. That's Ooh, no that good. is unfortunate. Yep. So before we move on, while we're still talking Devils, what would you say like your favorite memory is of being a Devils fan? Ooh, I don't know, honestly. Uh, probably what was it, twenty fourteen or maybe it was twenty thirteen when they went to the the finals against the Kings. Might even have been twenty twelve. Uh, they went to the finals against the Kings. And I mean, they got they got wiped out pretty hard. But I went to a few games with my dad, and that was pretty that was pretty badass. They won, uh, I think, in overtime, maybe like game two or three, and that game was just insane. When we went there. There is literally nothing yeah. like playoff hockey. I I've been to. There's nothing like it. Yeah, I've been to other playoffs games for other sports, and seriously, hockey takes the crown. Like that is the best atmosphere you'll see like it is loud from start to finish and it's just a blast yeah it's always buzzing there and it's just end-to-end action too yeah unfortunately being an islander fan i've only had a few experiences with that (laughs) and one of them one of them was actually going to the game when the islanders got swept by the hurricanes last season and that was Oh shit! Really? Yeah, that was probably the worst experience of my life, and ever that, that since... was the craziest playoffs. That whole thing. Yeah, it was just too many. Like you know, the Islanders swept the Penguins, and then they had almost ten or eleven days off between their next game, and then the Hurricanes swept the Islanders, and they had like eight or nine games off, and then they got swept. So like, yeah, it was definitely crazy in the East. Yeah, and then, uh, who was it? Got swept by the Lightning. I think the Devils got swept by it. Well, no, the, no, the Lightning the, the Lightning got upset by Columbus. They got Columbus, that's who it was. Yeah, that was a huge upset. Yeah, cause that was crazy. It, everyone thought Tampa was just, like, the, the sure favorite to win it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was crazy. That was some of the best playoff hockey I've ever seen in my life last year seriously was you know it like i said though i'm a hockey guy so i i love all nhl playoffs and like even yesterday watching the winter classic was freaking awesome they they did a great job in texas oh that walk of shame that Corey perry did though it was awesome dude, that was so long. what a walk of shame dude that was the longest walk of shame i've ever seen <laughs> incredible Eighty-three thousand people booing at him oh yeah Ugh. Oh, man, crazy just, dude I, I mean that was a that was a gnarly elbow too it was that's pretty gnarly that was an ugly hit yeah it was but i you know you know how it is man like i i feel like most hockey players it's it's just kind of like you're in the moment your adrenaline's going like i feel like like even some of the dirty hits like i, I don't know if like they're really like people out for blood it's just like you're kind of in the heat of the moment and like just, you know, something happens and like all of a sudden, you know, someone's on the ground and you're like, oh shit, you know, like I, I guess I did this, but you know, it's, 
it's just it's such a physical game that um you know but at least like you know he i think he, he had like said something to the tune of like i didn't mean to do that like i didn't mean to hit him that hard or i don't know what he said but you know obviously it's just guys playing hockey because everyone wants to raise a cup it's what it comes down to man yeah it's very true we got the same kind of like flack with scott stevens oh yeah of course oh yeah a lot of like questionable hits there but i mean they did great they, they won the cup that year or yeah, a few man. years with scott stevens yep. same thing you're saying everyone's just trying to win a cup yeah that that's what it is man so uh just to, to kind of wrap things up so you know so belmont 2020 we kind of touched on it you guys have uh you know some some new music in the works which is cool obviously signing to pure noise i know you've got a uh, a run that you're you're heading off with soon you're going with out with sleeping with sirens and set it off right mm-hmm yep that's awesome man and then uh I, I saw after that i think it's like marchish you're going out with uh um with tiny capstan and jetty bones right yeah very excited for that one dude uh, tiny moving parts man like I, I just like every time i see them it's just they get better and better they're just so much fun to watch and dylan is just a maniac man he really is He's insane. He is, All those man. guys, they they rip. Yeah, they do. And um and, and Jetty Bones is one of those one of those bands that are that are so fantastic and they're kind of under the radar. But um I know they have I think some new music coming out this year too that I'm excited for. So uh that should be a, a good tour for you guys. Are you uh do you have uh, like any any like cool spots you're gonna be hitting on on any of these tours that you haven't done yet? Like any cool cities, cool places that uh, either you're excited to get back to or you just haven't seen yet? That's a good question, actually. I think the only city that really comes to mind is Nashville. In the in the three years I've been with these guys, uh, we haven't hit Nashville. Oh wow, interesting. It's crazy. Yeah, I think all the cities pretty much are repeats. And then we're doing some like some B market shows where we're, like mm-hmm. kind of outside of major cities, or it's like different like major cities in each state. So it's kind of it's going to be definitely a different experience going on those tours, which I'm pretty excited for. So are yeah, you I, are you hitting Nashville with Sleeping with Sirens? I believe it it is. Okay, I can check that, right now though. That's like their their hometown now, right? I think so. I think uh yeah, I actually don't know where they're based out of now. I know Kellen's on the West Coast. hitting nashville yeah we're hitting nashville with them yeah so that that should be awesome and like i said nashville is a really really sweet city i'm not sure if you've been there before but it's one of my favorite yeah it's It's awesome one of the the few cities i'm stoked if you got any cool places to go let me know uh well like obviously like all the the tourist hubs and whatnot like the the hot chicken and whatnot you have to get um yeah there's a really sweet like it's definitely a, a very popular and crowded place and it's you know like all the basic instagram girls are going to be there but it's mm-hmm. it's a uh, biscuit love it's so good all right biscuit love yep it's got like what's what's their deal so their their deal is all like crazy kinds of biscuits but they have biscuit donuts and they're so freaking good ooh biscuit donuts i'm very down yeah, but like Dude, I said, yeah, I gotta check that out. It's where you're gonna you... see like every single basic yeah. white girl taking pictures <laughs> in front of like their mural <laughs> and taking pictures of their food and all that. So 
just be prepared for that. Yo, I'm when down. you got, when you guys are in Gainesville though, make sure you hit up uh, Boca Fiesta and get yourself a gator taco, because dude, that's yeah. unbelievable, man. So good, so good. I've uh, I've done Gainesville a bunch of times, and you guys are playing High Dive, which is you know one of the one of the fest venues down there when they do fest every October, and uh, literally maybe like a quarter of a mile away is this awesome, awesome uh, Mexican spot called Boca Fiesta, and uh, they do these awesome gator tacos that are just out of this world, man. So, you know, like, don't be put off by the fact that it's gator. I know it seems weird, but it's, dude, it's so good. So good. Is it, is it actual gator? Oh, it's, it's gator. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's deep fried gator. So, I mean, I mean you can't really, honestly, like it, it tastes kind of like chicken. It really does. Um, and when it's in like a taco, which just, um, you don't really like notice it. I mean, it can be like just a tad bit gamey, but, uh, the way they build their taco up, man, like it's just the, the way the flavors kind of come together is, uh, is awesome, man. It's 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 good shit, man. You you definitely gotta gotta make sure you hit that spot for sure. Yeah, I can do that for sure. Sweet. I wish we had some more time in uh like each of these cities because I always hear some some great stuff about places that we were like just in, and someone's like, "Oh, you gotta go to this place," and I was like, "I wish, man. We were usually late to that show, and then we leave like right after it." There should be like I mean, someone should make a blog of like all the places you must see when you're in to- like in town on tour like some definitely. band guy should do that definitely i might even have to start doing that yeah i feel like that would be totally like useful for people and then also like you know just a way for people to like network and discover some of these cool places yeah never miss a spot yeah dude i'm, I'm looking at the the routing on your 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 tour with tiny moving parts man and that's 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 something man you guys are playing like 27 shows in 31 days yeah that's gonna be a tough one that's a gruel man that's a gruel god bless you guys for doing it though (laughs) now do you know the capstan dudes so everyone else in belmont knows the capstan dudes pretty well except for me okay because they did a tour right before i joined uh with capstan yeah so we had so they're pretty chill with them we actually had boz on the podcast one of the nicest humans you'll ever meet like he's such an awesome dude so also a hockey guy too so at least you have that Awesome. Love to hear it. Yeah. Wonder and the, if he plays cello. And the Tiny Moving Parts guys, uh, Minnesota Wild fans, too. Oh, all right. Yep. So. They from, they from Michigan? No, I think they're from, like, Minneapolis. What, Tiny Moving Parts? Yeah. They're from, yeah, somewhere in Minnesota. But, uh, but they're all Packers fans for some reason. Hmm. Weird. Does not, doesn't compute. I don't know. Some reason I thought they were from Michigan for some reason. I think it's just their song. Yeah, I think they're from Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to, like, I'd have to fact check that, but I'm almost positive they're from Minnesota. Um, And um, and they got. I know on one of their first records, they got a song um, where it's like the intro of the song is like a like a Vince Lombardi speech or something. (laughs) Nice. I love that. Yeah, man. It's it's real good stuff. So. uh, so listen, man, we, we've had a, a blast chatting with you. Um, uh, Jason and Guagiato, did I get it right second time? Yeah, perfect. Nailed it. Sweet. Like, I'm, I'm getting good at names. So uh, <laughs> I'm um, not even going to try. Been, not <laughs> even going to try. But uh, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure chatting, chatting devils with you, just chatting hockey. Um, really excited for, uh, for what's you know, going to happen with Belmont 
you know, with your partnership with Pure Noise and getting out there and touring a bunch. And uh, we really, really look forward to hearing what you got coming out in 2020. I know it's on my radar. I'm sure it's going to be one of the one of the better albums of the year. So we're really pumped on it. And super, super thankful that you decided to come on the show and chat with us, man. We really appreciate having you. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, of course. Jason, so good talking hockey. I wish that we had like better Devils hockey to talk, but you know, cra- <laughs> crazier things have happened in the NHL. You know, think about yeah. the LA Kings. They they snuck in that year as an eight seed and then went on to win the cup. So sometimes you just yeah, need to get in. Even- even the Blues last year. Yeah, exactly. They were, at this time last year, I think they were in last place as well. Yeah, so you never know. Like, a, a coach change and, like, you know, mixing it up and getting maybe some, like, old blood out of the locker room with Taylor Hall and just, like, letting someone yeah. else take over the locker room could do- yeah. definitely change things up. I hope so, man. I hope someone's taking the leadership. Yeah, and I'll I'll put it on record and say, like, if there's – if you guys can pull off some sort of crazy point swing – We'll have you back on the show, and you could just gloat for forty-five minutes. You could just literally <laughs> just tell it, tell us to eat shit for forty-five minutes. I'm, I'm super down to do that. When that Devil's Isles playoff run comes, we'll be here. Oh yeah, absolutely. I we'll hope be so. That that'd be we'll awesome. Be playoff hockey mode, just talking so much trash. I love it. <laughs> All right, love Jason. It. I I really appreciate it, dude. Safe travels out on the road, and uh, hopefully you enjoy some of these new places that you get to check out and like tom said we're uh super excited for what belmont has this year thank you guys very much yeah no problem man. Thank you. all right Jason's such a cool dude, man. I hope uh, I hope we we find time to to get him back on the show at some point and, and chat with him again. Um, but uh, it just like <laughs> so like just 
proves my point. At one point in the interview, I was like, oh, uh, what are you in your late 20s? And he was just like, no, uh, early 20s. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, crap. He's like fresh out of college, like already producing some, you know, albums that are in the top yeah, 200. And I know it's just crazy to think like when I was fresh out of college, I was still such a dope. Yeah. So it's a different, it's a different time, man. I mean, like it just, you know, some of these young kids are just like, they're so talented and they're so good at, you know, whether it's writing music, performing, and they just have such a better head on their shoulders than I ever did. Um, And like, I guess part of me is a little bit jealous because like, I wish I was like as well-spoken and put together, but you know, them's the breaks. It's just was the way it was, you know, once a dope, always a dope. Now, you know, it's documented on the podcast that you were involved in music, you know, up until you moved, basically. Yeah. And thinking back on, like, some of your high school bands and the bands that you were in in college, you know, yeah. recording your own music wasn't easy then. And oh, like, no, absolutely not. And it was kind of sounded shitty when you did record your own music. And it was like yeah. so obvious that you weren't in like a state of the art studio. Oh yeah. Where in 2020 you put out an album and it's so hard to tell if like someone just did it with their garage band and did it themselves mm-hmm. or if they actually did go to like a, <clears throat> you know, a big budget studio and do it. Yeah. Not to get like too nitty gritty into like the back end of it all, but like, you know, the way, you know, like in-home setups and like garage setups and the way Pro Tools is now versus the way it was 10 years ago is like a a million times better. So, I mean, you know, if you have good enough gear, you know, in terms of actually, you know, good enough guitars and all that kind of stuff, I mean, you can mimic the sounds of like big records that have been put out. Like you can buy presets that like will make just like a regular old guitar sound like exactly like the guitar on the Foo Fighters, the color and shape, or like exactly, you know, the bass tone from like, you know, like Weezer's first self-titled record. Like you can do all that kind of stuff. And you couldn't do that, you know, unless you were getting into painstaking detail 10 years ago. So, um, but then the other side of it too is, um, you know, 10 years ago, you know, there wasn't, you know, this music was marketable, but now it's, it's, it's a little bit more marketable and more people want to, you know, give money to up and coming bands because of the return on investment they're going to get and all this stuff. So, um, but it is kind of wild just to think about like, you know, what your first record should sound like. And then like you listen to like, you know, some of these other first records that are coming out with these newer bands and you're like, man, this sounds like it was polished and like detailed and beautiful. And like, I think of, you know, the first record that, we did with Antigone's Revenge, which Nick Romanelli like recorded in his bedroom. And I mean, that <laughs> sounded like it sounded like absolute dog shit, you know, but I was proud of it because it was like the first thing that I had ever actually like etched into stone. So it you know, it was cool to me. But looking back on it, man, you know, like I said, it just I like listening to it makes me cringe because it just sounds so bad, so bad. But now think about it. You know, you still are playing music not as much as he used to mm-hmm. and like robbie santos is still doing music and he's like even mm-hmm. doing like some producing and stuff yeah yeah and like i'm what was his name nick 
uh, who, who recorded? No, the... no. Who was your bassist? Well, Robbie was your bassist, but then you Robbie had Robbie's like... a bassist. Oh, Enrique played guitar and sang, and then Andrew. Andrew, that's uh, who I was thinking of. Yeah, I played guitar, and he's like, I mean, he's a music teacher now, and he's like, he was, he's one of the most like unbelievable and prolific musicians like I've ever had the pleasure to play with. So, can you but imagine I mean, in like 2020, if you guys just got together for a weekend and were like, hey, like let's just do this ourselves and see what we come up with? I mean, I'm sure it would be wild, and I mean, there was there was a time. Uh, couple of years back well maybe like five or six years ago where we kind of flirted with the idea of getting back together and we all got into a room once but it never really materialized into anything but i think like with our age and experience and like how much better everyone got musically you know like between my experience between robbie's experience and, and andrew just being a, an unbelievable musician i mean like we probably could have come up with some really legendary stuff but you know because you you mentioned the the sense senses fail reimagined album, so yeah. I actually uh, threw it on one day when I was driving around doing errands. Yep, and I was just like, "Wow, this does like it sounds exactly like the same song, but it just sounds so much better than those yeah. original songs." And it's like, you know, thinking back to your band, imagine if you yep. guys with, you know, how much you guys have progressed and how you guys yeah. have went on to go to school for music and all that. Exactly, what it would exactly. sound like if you just got together for a weekend and try to pound it out. It would have sounded like uh, a bunch of polished dog turds <laughs> instead of just regular ones. Uh, no, but, it, but you know, I, I think about that all the time. Like there are so many records that I, I love that I, you know, really were a part of me growing up um, that like didn't sound great. Like I think of like, um, like the first get up kids record and uh, the first Jimmy Eat World record and like, you know, some of the, you know, Sunny Day real estate records and all this stuff where it's just like it didn't like the music was incredible, but it just didn't sound good. And I always wonder, like, man, like if, you know, if we could kickstart 250 grand to get these guys back in the studio to re-record these records, like, God, I would love to hear how they'd sound. But I guess part of their charm is it was what it was when it was. And, you know, you kind of just grow from it. Yeah, and, and, you know, even some polished bands are doing it with some of their newer stuff, which I think is pretty cool. Like, Amorosa, the past few times, has done, like, reimagined albums of their stuff, mm -hmm. and it just sounds completely different, but it still has, like, the structure of the song and, like, yeah. the lyrics of the song, and it just shows how talented these dudes are to, like, completely transform the same song where it's still like is recognizable but at the same time like feels like a new song yeah and and it's it's actually you know to, to talk a little bit a bit about that million the wonder years have uh they did that once with burst and decay and now they're coming out with burst and decay um i guess whatever they're calling it Volume part two, two. Or, yeah, yeah. or or yeah but um that's kind of a super cool thing because they're going on a on a tour this february uh, with uh, Free Throw and uh, a band called Spanish Love Songs, who are awesome. And uh, they're doing the stripped-down versions of the songs, and then they're doing, like, a full Wonder Years set. And, um, you know, I know, like we said, we wanted to kind of discuss some of the tours we were super excited about, and that's one of them, um, you know, because I, I have never gotten the opportunity to see them in that kind of setting. Uh, but I've seen them in every other setting you can imagine. You know, in, in Philly, I saw them do uh, their first three records, back-to-back -back in these like tremendous huge shows 
And uh, I mean, that are memories I'll never forget. But, you know, seeing them kind of stripped down like this, I'm really excited for. Yeah, it just kind of makes you wonder with, you know, free throw opening up, they're probably going to get the crowd really into the show. Yeah. And like free throw brings it. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> the the fans are going to be like all amped up. And then, you know, to see the the Wonder Years do kind of a more mellow set, low key, and you know, with I'm sure they're gonna have like strings and and things like that. Yeah. It's gonna be like <laughs> kind of a buzzkill for those fans. But I think, I mean, it, like you said, it's gonna be yeah. a totally different way to see the Wonder Years, and mm-hmm. it's something new and exciting to get their diehard fans that have been going to their shows for years yeah. to keep coming out. Yeah, that's really true. And another tour that I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, for me, because I'm such a huge fan. Um, so, I mean, I'm a big fan of Thrice, and it's really Thrice's tour. So they're going on a, a 15-year anniversary tour for their record, Visu, uh, which was uh, the one after Artist in the Ambulance. So it was the one after the one everybody loved. Uh, <laughs> but um, Visu has one of my favorite Thrice songs on it. And um, the big thing is that they're taking Me Without You uh, out with them and you know this is uh, the last year that Me Without You is going to be playing together as a band and it's uh, kind of heartbreaking because they're one of the bands that you know their whole catalog I've really really loved and I've enjoyed them you know going back to probably you know my freshman year of college so um, getting to see them one last time and you now know, that's the band that out. we saw that opened up for KK and his Weathered Underground right? Um, no so oh gosh what was that? No, we saw KK and his Weather Underground opened up for. It was like the Deer Hunter, them. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So KK opened, and then it was the Deer Hunter. Okay. And then Me Without You, and I'll. Yeah. And, and that I was I'll like very forget. drunk, and I just kept you yelling, were... Play Day Man. Yep, you did <laughs> do that often. You were just super drunk. And remember, I remember too, that was, um, I think that it was at that show where, like, um, like Casey from the Deer Hunter, like, freaked out. Yes. And like his like other band members were like screaming at him and stuff like backstage. And it was like really kind of put into perspective because like, you know, everyone had heard about, you know, when Casey left the receiving end of sirens that it was like a very dramatic thing. And then all of a sudden here he is being dramatic again. So it's like, oh, okay, so you're just a dramatic dude. But uh, but yeah, so that was um, and I've seen me without you probably at this point. I don't know, maybe 10, 12 times, but getting to see them a time or two before uh, they uh, call it quits is going to be a cathartic thing for me. But um, for you, I mean, are there any tours that you have coming up that you're looking forward to? So a few of the tours that I wanted to go to aren't stopping in Charlotte. So like oh, that Wonder Years show, I would definitely have gone to if it was in Charlotte, but it's not. And then same with like the, the Grayscale and Hot Mulligan tour. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, that that's not coming to Charlotte, and it's, like, during the week, but, like, about two hours away. So yeah, tr- that's rough. trying yeah. to go on a, on a school night just is not going to work. You know, even though I really want to check out Hot Mulligan, really want to yeah, check Hot, them out. Hot Mulligan is great. Have um, I, I imagine you've listened to, like, their newest record. Yeah, oh, yeah. It kind of gives me, like, um, a little bit of, like, a like a Spittlefield, like first Spittlefield record vibe. Um, when I, when I li- have listened to it a couple of times, like, I don't know, something about like their songs and like their, their structure and like, and even like the singer just gives me like a little bit of that vibe where it kind of reminds me of like that sort of like pop punky victory records kind of scene from the, 
you know, mid 2000s. I, I love it, man. I really do. Yeah. So unfortunately, can't go to that one. And I also can't go to the Tiny Moving Parts and uh, Belmont and Capstan tour. Oh, wow. Because once again, a show during the week, like two hours away. So I can't yeah. do that one. Would I love to check that out? But there are uh, two tours that are coming to Charlotte that I'm definitely going to go to. And um, the first one's the Reign of Kindo. Oh, yeah, they're coming to Orlando. Yeah. yeah I, so I the Reign of yeah. Kindo is actually going out on tour, which they don't go on like full U.S. tours or even like East Coast tours very often. Yeah, they don't. And they're playing rhythm and chord from, from uh, front to back. That's awesome. So definitely going to go to that because mm-hmm. that album is just so amazing. Yeah. And, and they're just super talented, like the most talented dudes ever. And then um, kind of cool for our homie, Peter. Um, I would say that this tour for Keep Flying has to be like a bucket list tour for them. Mm-hmm. They're hitting the road with real big fish. Oh, that's awesome. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I would imagine like the real big fish fans are going to be totally pumped to like hear some new music because those guys who are fans of that band, they're getting older and they're probably not as involved in the music scene. Yeah. And then like, you know, you would assume that like ska music and that kind of stuff is kind of on the decline. Mm-hmm. And then you see this young up and coming band doing it with so much energy probably just yep. has to get you excited again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, one more, one more tour that's, that's happening that I, I totally forgot about um, is uh, I don't know if they're coming anywhere near you, but, but dashboard is coming around and they're doing a, uh, like a 20 year anniversary tour in March. I've seen. Uh, did you know anything about that? I've seen Dashboard a few times, yeah. and I don't love it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I I saw them a few years ago in Charlotte with uh this wildlife, and hmm. towards the end yeah. I was kind of just like, all right, I get it. Like, you know, he he definitely incorporated a lot of new songs. He did play some of the, oh, okay. the, the ones that people were there for. Yeah. But some of the new stuff is just kind of cringeworthy, and I, I, I didn't love it. I, and the one time I did see him that I did absolutely love is when he came to, and played at my college. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did, like, my spring I, fling at my college with uh, Steel Train. Oh, uh, Steel that, Train, man. And that was just awesome because it, he actually sold out, like, my whole, like, auditorium. Yeah. And to see, you know, a college of mine that isn't really in the like the music world and like yep. I kind of felt like soupy where I could find people on my college that were like me. Yeah. That like yeah, the exactly. same kind of music as me and like it was more of a jock school. But then uh-huh. to see like everyone there to see dashboard singing along and whatnot, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, I saw them uh, when they came around. Um, I think they played with Taking Back Sunday um, on like a like a small like amphitheater tour. Like they uh, they went to Jones Beach that one year, and I thought they were pretty good. But I also thought that like Chris Caraba wore like a bunch of makeup, and he kind of looked like uh, that episode of Always Sunny where like Frank is like a mortician. Or he gets like punched in the nose and he has all this white paint on his face and he's like looking real creepy. And I remember thinking, uh, Chris, Chris, you, you look 
know, creepy. But the cool thing about that show, though, was um, uh, Sayasin played, and um, Anthony Green was was singing for Sayasin again. And dude, just like he was having such a blast up there on stage. And uh, I remember just watching and just being like super like pumped for him because like he just looked like he was having such a good time. Uh, and I know um, I think Circa is coming around at some point soon, too. So I got to do some research because I'd love to go see them because, I mean, remember the first time we saw them, he like yelled at all of us for knowing all the songs and was like, you guys stole our record because it's not out yet. So <laughs> I was just like, I'll never forget that, man. He was he was flying high that night. He was. and. I think that uh, he had a fly home recently because of uh, some of that flying high has gotten in mm-hmm. in his way again. So yeah, wish him the best. Unfortu- yeah, yeah, of course. It's an unfortunate thing, you know, because um, you know, a lot of people that you know that that struggle with with addiction. I mean, you you know, addiction is uh is a terrible thing because you can you can beat it and then something in your life changes and then all of a sudden it's just a familiar you know, safety blanket to go back to. So, uh, you know, we wish him all the best. And, uh, but, you know, hopefully if, um, you know, if, if I'm hearing correctly and Circa is going on tour, you know, hopefully that means that he's, um, you know, beating his demons again and he's, he's all good to go. I mean, uh, you know, like I said, watching him, you know, play music and being sober and having the time of his life is like, you can't, you don't want anything else for a person. So um, all the wishes in the world for that, for sure. All right, man. So we got a, a pretty busy 2020. Um, just keeping this thing rolling. Lots of yeah, man. great tours that are happening throughout the country. So, you know, if you're into this music, which obviously you probably are because you're listening to this podcast. Uh, yeah, exactly. Definitely go check out one of those tours. And uh, hopefully they're hitting up your city and show them some love. Because, you, you know, like we say... If you go out and support these bands, they're going to keep coming to your cities and keep putting out music. So that's their bread and butter. butter. So just get out there and have, have a good time and wear earplugs. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely wear earplugs because I didn't <laughs> I started wear doing it, dude, and I did man. it for the last two shows, and it doesn't really affect the, the sound quality like you would think. And yeah. The next morning, waking up and not having that ringing in your no- in your ears, oh, just like kind of life changing. And I wish that I started wearing earplugs earlier and was smarter about things because I could definitely tell that I have some some hearing damage. Oh, me too, man. My my ears are shot. Like there are times where like I'll be talking with my fiance and she'll be like five feet away from me and she'll say something. I'll be like, huh? Terrible, man. But you know. What am I gonna do, man? If I, you know, and this is an ad one... for earplugs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I have to get one of those cool, like old school, like ear horns that they used to have, <laughs> like old people wear the big ear cones, man, I'll I'll do it and I'll do it proud. I think you should bring that back. Like the dude from the dude from Donkey Kong Country, I think had one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that. Yes. No clue. All right, so we'll leave it on that note. Yeah, we should. Donkey Kong Country. Awesome game. Donkey Kong Country, yep. All right. Well, Tom, it's been a blast, man. Love chatting with you. So uh, Uh I'll talk to you later. Peace be with you. And also with you, Godspeed.
Nice.